Shut up and sit down. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to podcast number 102. This is Sharon Ferns from Dom Chronicles. That's d-o-m-e-chronicles.com. We have a whole bunch of Q&As, of course, and thank you for sending them in. I really appreciate them. I have a glass of champagne, but it's not the good kind. It's the cheap kind. <laughs> so I'll probably be getting ridiculous sooner rather than later. Let's start with the first one. Hi, fans. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I do love that cliche. I don't know why. When dating a prospective sub and discussing possible future DS dynamics, what questions would you like him to ask? On the other side of the slash, what questions would you suggest Dom's ask at this stage? And it's from Marion. Um, it's a tricky question. I don't, I don't think people really get to know each other through Q&A. I'm putting that in air quotes. When you talk to people... And if it's going well and if you're compatible and if there's some kind of connection, conversation flows and it segues from one topic to another. And that's how you learn about people, how you learn about their likes and dislikes, how you learn about their history with relationships, how you learn about what they want their DS to look like. And I think for me anyway... If I have to have a list of questions, or if they have to have a list of questions, then the conversation is not going the way that I would like. Do you know what I mean? If it feels like an interrogation, then that's not a conversation that is amenable to having a a fabulous relationship to me. Having said that, I think there are things that you want to find out. And one of the things I advise a lot of newbie doms to do and I think it's useful for submissives as well is to actually sit down and then share um, what you expect your relationship to look like day to day so I often put it as a life a day in the life so if you write down and think about realistically a day in your life with your fabulous submissive What does it look like? How do you feel? How do you talk to each other? What things do you do together? How do you accommodate all the real life stuff? If you each do that, you end up with a pretty good idea of where you are compatible and where you are not. And I think that's, if you're a bit stuck as to which way to go, I think that's a good way to start that conversation or to push that conversation, I guess. Thank you for your question. Oh, this is a long one. (laughs) I have just taken a break from a relationship I've been in for the last year. At the beginning, it was made clear that I was to take on the Dom role, whilst he was to be the bottom S type. This was my intention from day one. I am, however, very new to the idea of being a dominant and therefore unable to clearly state exactly what that means to me and what I am to expect. 
because I'm such a novice, I was hoping for a bit more fluidity and a partner that I could grow and work with to figure things out. That sounds perfectly reasonable. Unfortunately, oh dear, um, things went completely in the opposite direction of my initial intentions. With him coming off as controlling and all his fetishes and desires being the main focus. Essentially, he dominated most aspects. Upon reflection, I can see that I was not clear in stating my needs and desires and that I need to exercise this for any future relationships by guiding the sub to be the sub for me. But often with this past relationship, I had felt things like disrespect, undervalued and not a priority. These are all things I feel a healthy dynamic should have. How can I tell a sub he must respect me or that I need to be respected? They either do or they don't. I'm not an ego-driven woman who has no self-awareness and I actively work on self-improvement with an understanding of my faults and weaknesses. But I also know my worth and can see the value in the life I've created and the strength and positivity I can add to a relationship. However, this boy seems to not have. I feel in any relationship things like mutual respect, communication, reciprocity, etc. are just things that are required. It feels strange to me to say, you must respect me. I would work harder on creating a life worthy of respect if I felt his disrespect was merited, but it simply isn't. Should you really be expressing such needs in a DS relationship? You must like me. You must respect me. You must care about me. Aren't these a given? Also a bit of background. I'm 37. He's 21. And then she did that. I don't even know what that... that emoticon is where you do the neat face you know that one the neat face i think your neat face is totally warranted and you sound awesome you sound like you got your shit together you sound like you're you know a sensible thinker you don't sound unrealistic you don't sound as if you've got some weird view of what a ds relationship is so i have a whole bunch of things to say to you and they're going to be a bit disjointed but first of all You are 100% right. If you have to tell someone, and forget the DS stuff, forget if he's a sub, if he's your partner, if he's your friend, if he's your work colleague, if he's someone in your family, you 100% should not have to say that you must respect me at all, ever. Having said that, I know it kind of sounds surprising, but respect doesn't look the same way to everybody. And I am guessing that the age difference had a big thing to do with this. And I, I honestly, I try not to be ageist, but sometimes age differences mean fundamental differences in how you relate. And what I found is that very young men some very young men, let me amend that, um, are not respectful in the way that older women want because that's not how they relate to their peers and they think it's archaic or they think it's a bit stupid. So they will argue to the death that what they are doing is not disrespectful even if it feels disrespectful to you. And if you say this is what I want specifically in your behaviour, if they're eager to please, they may be happy 
to do that because they didn't realise that's what you wanted. But if you say, I don't feel respected or you're disrespecting me, often the, the comeback will be, I don't know what you mean. And they're not being sarcastic or rude. They genuinely don't understand what it means. And what I see a lot of in that um, kind of attitude is why, why on earth do you think that's important? Like, they don't seriously do not understand why you think, say, being punctual is, on, is important or addressing you in the way that you like is important or doing what they say they will do. They just don't see those things often as important things. So there's two ways there that you can go. You can stress, this is important to me, and then see if they will change. And if they won't, then that is a lot clearer because it's not that they won't, that you you have different ideas of respect anymore. If you've said, this is what I want, and they won't do it, then the realm you're in is they do not want to do things that please me. And that's much clearer than you're not being respectful. It's specific. So having said that specific thing, you had a whole bunch of other issues there that are not covered by that. So you struck someone who was just incompatible with you. That's all. So you did nothing wrong. It's not because you're a novice. It's not because you were being unrealistic. You were just a mismatch. So it sounds like what he wanted was someone to do the kinky stuff with. And what you wanted was, and I'm putting this in air quotes, a submissive. So I think that your ideas of what you meant by DS and by dominance and by submission were probably very, very different and you didn't quite realise it. And And if you add on top of that some difference in understanding of how to relate in general and you have that feeling that you had where he was just trying to get you to do stuff and he wasn't demonstrating that he liked you or respected you or cared for you. So, yeah, I would put it down to a bad choice in partner. Not that he's a bad person. Maybe he's lovely. But he was a bad partner for you. So my advice is that if you have to tell someone to respect you, then you have a fundamental misunderstanding of what's going on between you. If you tell him specifically, this is what I need to feel respected and he still doesn't do it, he doesn't care. So you might be able to get past the first one. And the same with with, um, feeling like he cares for you. People have different love languages, yeah? Have you ever seen that five love languages? You can Google it. And there's a little test And I hate this pop psychology thing, but it's actually really useful because people feel love in different ways. And what we tend to do as human beings is to express care and love in the way that we like to receive it. But often that doesn't work for the other person. So, for example, if um, one of the love languages is words of affirmation, So if it is important for you that your partner express verbally how much he likes you and admires you and respects you and cares for you, but 
What he likes is gifts. So what he does is buys you flowers and chocolates and trinkets. He's expressing love, but not the kind of love that you need to receive. And that's a mismatch. So, yeah, I think next time you do not need to have that battle. What you can do is hone down what you need into very specific behaviours if he doesn't automatically give you those and then see if he will deliver them. And if he doesn't deliver them, then he just doesn't care enough to do that. Or it's so far out of his normal way of relating that he can't do it. I wish you luck. And I think you were quite right to take a break from that relationship, to be honest. Okay, next one. I'm in love with my submissive. Oh, that's so lovely. Here's my first. I'm ready to... Oh, <laughs> look at me going, that's so lovely. I'm ready to pull the plug as he does no initiating, is downright detached at times, is just goddamn difficult. There are some capitals in there. Though he sleeps beside me after play, snoring in my ear, has gifted me a bracelet he made years ago and hasn't removed until I found the trinket under my bedroom area rug. He told me to hold on to it. Help. <laughs> okay. You need to have a serious talk with him. It is great that you're in love. And I think it is not so great that you are not getting what you want out of the relationship. I think you simply need to sit down with yourself and a nice glass of wine and some of your favourite music and you need to write down what you would like to see change in this relationship. And then you need to have the talk with him about it. So be clear with yourself first and identify your deal breakers. And I'm serious about that because there's no point having this conversation a hundred times which you will if you don't identify your deal breakers if you just lay all of your wants on the table it's going to be probably a bit overwhelming so what you need to do is separate out into things that you need him to address in order for you to stay in the relationship if you're ready to pull the plug then presumably you're at that point where you can identify those things and then a second list is the things that you need and presumably you had them once to put your relationship back on track and then yeah have a serious conversation with him about how you feel and what you think can be improved in the relationship and give him a chance to express things that he's unhappy with because usually when people are unhappy it's rare that one party is super happy and doesn't realise anything's wrong and the other one is unhappy. So I assume he has some things going on as well and you have to give him some space to talk about those. I really hope you can sort it out. Good luck with that. Not really a question, but a comment. Just recently found you on the web. So lots of awesome reading here and I also had to listen to your podcast too. What a voice, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. 
Anyway, just wanted to say I enjoy your work. I'm even planning to get one of your books mentioned on your site. You have a new fan. Cheers and thanks a lot. JK. Thank you, JK. Actually, I'm pretty sure he doesn't mean just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I hope you're enjoying the book. Dear Helper. <laughs> Emma Helper. I am so helpful to people. My girlfriend and I have agreed to try a complete traditional role reversal with a BDSM twist to it. She is fine about the idea of treating me harshly. She told me how eager she is to humiliate me and I asked her not to care about whether I'd like it or not. Last week she made me clean the floors of our home on all fours. Once I was done she entered our home with muddy boots leaving stains all over the floors. She made me redo the whole job all over again, much to her amusement. That does sound pretty funny, actually. Ironically, I also had to clean her boots and shine them for her. She found the whole experience very amusing. When I told her I'd like her to become heartless, selfish, whimsical, and to have expressive sex and creatively experience it, she laughingly said it was a good idea. What I want to know is if she will still be able to love me if she continues increasingly to treat me like a slave. That's a, that's a good question. I think what you want is not a, a complete traditional role reversal because that's not how people behave. <laughs> God for that. It sounds like what you want, and this is absolutely fine and great, is periods of play where she behaves like that and you behave like that, but it's not how you live because nobody lives, you can't live like that. If you live like that, I think in a lot of ways it will be very, it can be very destructive because. Heartless and selfish people who are mean and harsh are not fun in the long term. It's not fun to be that person. It's not fun and amusing to become that person. And it's not fun and amusing after a while to be the recipient of that kind of attention. So you have a fantasy and that is great. Your fantasy is awesome. Your girlfriend is on board and that is super but I do think you both need to do a little bit of work to figure out what it is you are doing. So my suggestion would be to sit down and have a serious talk about it and define times when you play that way. And you might do it for a week, like who knows, I don't know. But times when you play that way and times when you reconnect in other ways. Because both parts of that are very important to keeping a balance in the relationship. If she never gets human connection with you, and by that I mean all the love and cuddles and sweetness and beautiful whatever relationship you have built over however long you've been together, and you don't get that either, then what you will have left at the end is a very empty role play 
with no substance behind it. So you, I do think you need to have a think about what it is you're doing. Recognise it as a fantasy, play it out in periods, but do not lose that affectionate love connection that you have built because without it, what you have left is not a lot, to be honest. So, yeah, do that. Ferns, I need your advice. Well, that's handy because I'm here to give it. I'm a dom in my early 20s and there's a man also in his early 20s who I can't seem to stop pinning all of my DS hopes and dreams to. What am I doing? <laughs> the scoop. He initiated contact on a kinky website over a year ago. Aside from some minor flirting, we've been chatting pretty platonically all that time and I think we've become pretty good friends. I'm much more experienced than him in the world of kink. He lives very far away. I am moving for unrelated reasons very close to where he lives. Ooh, exciting. He is deliciously submissive in a way that especially appeals to me. He checks most, if not all, of my boxes. The thing is, <laughs> there's always a thing, isn't there? The thing is, I've done this falling for someone online song and dance before. And what happens in my experience is that when we do meet, as long as the physical chemistry is there, we fall right into it. New re relationship energy takes over, BDSM intensifies it even more, and three months in, I wake up next to him and realise I don't even really like this person. I probably wouldn't have dated him if he wasn't kinky. That did not go where I expected it to go. I know it sounds like I'm only reading these for the first time and it, it kind of is like that because I read them when they come in and then I don't look at them again until I do the podcast. So because I've got a terrible memory, they really are surprises to me. So it doesn't just seem like that. It really is like that. <laughs> She's got, I love this email so much. She's got capitals now. I'm so scared, Burns, of this happening again. Ah, ah. <laughs> the thing about this one, this boy, is that we seem to have a lot in common outside of kink. I found myself musing that I would be interested in dating him, proud to date him, even if we were vanilla. That seems like it should be given, but it's literally never happened for me before. So maybe it's a match made in DS heaven. But here's the rest of the scoop. Hang on, there's more. We have plans to meet. Completely platonic plans, I think. I'm not sure if he even knows I'm interested. Oh, what? And I'm not 100% confident he's interested. Come on now. We both seem to be dancing nervously around each other, avoiding the question. I just don't know how to move forward with him. I'm not sure if I should. A... <laughs> maul him on sight and risk us getting pulled into the cloyingly sweet embrace of new relationship energy and therefore risk another months in wake-up call of oh the sex kink is great but this wasn't the right decision b try to restrain myself and express interest in vanilla dating him until we really truly know each other because after past experiences i'm a firm believer that you can't really know a person if your only interaction has been online or over text C, act like he doesn't keep me up at night with thoughts of him and just be his friend for a while to really get to know him and then maybe I'll get lucky and he'll make the first move. Yeah, right. 
You seem to be an expert in the online to in-person transition, which has gone so catastrophically wrong for me in the past. I need your wisdom, Burns. And it's signed G. Oh, G, I like you so much. I so want this to work out for you. <laughs> I, I love that you're all, oh, my God, over him. I think that's awesome. I 100% agree with you about the transition. It's hard. And when it works, you can be all in from day one and that, you are absolutely right, can hide a lot of incompatibilities. So my advice would be none of those three that you suggested. I think when, or maybe even before you meet him, doesn't really matter when, I think you should express that interest because putting it on the table is helpful. And that doesn't mean you have to do the thing. I would suggest you put your interest on the table and give him a plan, which you have to make up. <laughs> so the reason I say put it on the table up front is because then there's no equivocation. If he isn't interested, you want to know right now. Like if you say, look, I'm interested in a, in a full-on relationship here with the love, sex, DX, DS fabulousness and he says oh I never thought of you that way done great if you put the plan on the table that's for both of you he will think it's just for him but really it's for both of you and it can help you to take control of that new relationship energy that has spoilt things in the past and hidden that basic incompatibility with that you wake up with months later so the plan might, it doesn't have to be a detailed plan, but what I mean by a plan is to, and to verbalise it, is to say, right, look, I'm interested in this with you. When we meet, this is what I have in mind to get into this with you because you're awesome. And then say have, you know, I don't know, pick a time frame. Three weeks, three weeks of vanilla dating. Just vanilla stuff. We hang out, we do things together, we see how we get along, we play video games, we binge watch things, whatever. And there can be some cute, you know, kissy suck face stuff in there. Maybe you don't do too much of that because new relationship energy, you know, will take you over. And then you say, right, well, after the three weeks, if we're still getting along, we spend three weeks doing some light DS play and that will only include, you know, a certain number of things. So you're essentially holding everything back. And if it goes well, you will feel it. You will feel it from all that, you know, hanging out, doing not DS stuff. You will feel it strongly. So by the time then, if you stick to this plan, by the time you let loose, Hopefully, you will have a good idea of whether you really like like him or if you just thought you liked him. So, yeah, that's my advice. On the other hand, I do think, actually, that part of holding back just makes everything worse, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, look, i got nothing else. i got nothing else. That's all I've got. I hope you will drop me a note and let me know how it goes, and I've got my fingers crossed for you. Ah, <laughs> this one starts. Ah, I met a boy online who is so naturally, beautifully, painfully submissive. 
only he doesn't seem to know it or much of anything about BDSM. I know, I know you should never just assume anyone's preference or role and I didn't. I know he is down with some kink and likes me to get bossy. So two months in, I told him about my interest in DS and he was fine with it. He seemed interested but not terribly ecstatic. My issue is his sexual experience in general is very limited. And since he's so desperate to please, honestly, and I'm sure to get laid, I'm concerned he's only saying he's into it to, well, get laid. I don't ever want to make someone do something they don't want to. Should I trust his... Did I just answer myself? Trust? I think, I think you sound lovely and he sounds lovely and it's great that you're concerned about him. I'm not sure how old you are, but I assume you're both very young. So if you're, and which you seem to be wanting to, if you're wanting to play with him or have sex with him or do a, some sort of play-sex combo, which would be awesome, I suggest you very clearly lay out the things that you would like to do with him. Like, write it down. Um, you've met online, so you're used to that level of that type of communication. And I, I have done this with casual partners. Not that I play casually much at all. But if I do play casually, I, I do a might-do list. And it's not things I'm definitely going to do with him, but here are the things I might like to do with you. And then I write them down. And I ask him to review it and to say yes or no. And I keep it pretty lush because I don't know them well and I, I think with your situation you'd be well placed to keep it very lush. And he's probably going to say yes to all of it because light DS and light kink sounds always super sexy and fabulous. And when you go into it, just keep checking with him. And you can do that without spoiling the mood if you just ask him, do you want this or do you want more of this or tell me you want more of this that's totally not going to spoil the mood and monitor his reactions very carefully I, I think there's also a place for a debrief afterwards when everything has settled down to see how he feels about it because I think a lot of times if they have no experience whether it's sexual experience or BDSM experience everything's great in the moment and afterwards they feel gross and bad and wrong and I think you need to be very aware of that also. The other thing with the sexual inexperience I would probably recommend is that you get comfortable sexually first without any BDSM stuff so that you get to learn his reactions and learn how he responds and what he likes without the added layer first and then he will probably be a lot more comfortable in a an environment with bdsm play which might introduce some more intensity so yeah take it slow check in ask him stuff good luck with it Can you give us a rough estimate of the ratio? The ratio. I have to drink now. This is a rule. Once someone mentions the ratio, you have to have a drink. Can you give us a rough estimate of the ratio of dominant women to genuinely submissive men? 
wankers excluded, in munches, play parties, etc., and online. Is it really true or is it just nonsense that there are 100 submissive men to one dom? Or does it depend on the city you live in? What can you say on this? I demand answers. <laughs> he didn't say I demand answers. Um, of course it's a he. I know it's a he because this is where these questions always come from. Look, online, always, always, many, many more self-identified submissive men to dominant women. How many of those are wankers? No, oh, I'd say, look, you know, I can pull some stat out of the air, kind of like 90%. 90% of them are wankers. How do I know? Because they've all been in my inbox. That's how I know. Um, in real life, it's very different. In real life, in a lot of communities, women run femdom events and they cannot get men to turn up. So that complaint is not uncommon. But yes, of course, it depends where you are and how big the city is and all sorts of factors. So my advice to you, dear Padawan, is forget about it. If you are a smart, funny, awesome, intelligent human being who can treat dominance as, you know, human beings, you are already... In the top 1%. Your <laughs> congratulations for that. The advantage of there being so much badness out there or simply a lack of submissive men is that the good ones stand out a mile. So I can tell within one second whether someone who's landed in my inbox is a good one or not. It's easy. So be that 1% and then the ratio doesn't matter. Oh, I said ratio. I have to drink again. <laughs> oh, this is a cute one. Is that a smiley below at the end of your homepage on the left side? I guess I'm the first who noticed it. And then there's a big smile. P.S. You are the best and I love you. <laughs> Keep on writing. Please never, ever stop. I absolutely love your blog and Ferns, you are so fabulous. Thank you so much. That made me smile. And yes, that is a smiley down at the, at the end of my homepage. And you are not the first to notice it, but you're one of the very, very few who has noticed it. So thank you for paying such close attention. And for the compliments. Now, this next one is an odd one because... <laughs> it landed in my inbox, as they all do. And when I read it, I thought, oh, it's a little bit odd. And I closed it and I thought, that's okay, I get odd things all the time. And I realised um, a little bit later that it was from my ex-submissive. If you read my blog, you will know that he contacted me at the end of last year. Um, sent me quite a long email. Um, I think he was drunk. He was travelling. <laughs> he had some things to say which were not really about me or us or our history. They were about him. And I didn't quite know what to do with that because we had not been in touch for years. And... 
so it was surprising and strange when it landed in my inbox. And I replied to him on my blog because there was no... Um, what's the word? There was not going to be a positive outcome that I could see for myself in replying personally to him because either he'd reply back to me and it would peter out or he would not reply and either way there was no good going to come out of it so I replied on my blog because I wanted to acknowledge that I got it and I understand the instinct to reach out and I appreciate it which is a strange thing to say but I do there is no hard feeling there there is a lot of lingering affection but I know what it took me to get over him and I couldn't open that door. So, so I'm going to read this out and it's a little, it's strange because he obviously is wanting to reach out and that's cool, but he could have sent me an email, right? Which he didn't. So maybe he wants to hear me talking to him, I don't know. But I hear you, I see you. And... Yeah, I'm still here. So this is what it said. My plan is just to contact you whenever I'm out of the country. He didn't start with, hello ma'am, which felt strange to me and which is why I didn't recognise that it was from him at first. Hi, I'm in Switzerland this time. It is very Swiss. And also French. An author has brought me here. And then he gave me the name of a talk he is doing, which I'm not going to share here, obviously. He said, this is the title of my talk, which will last five minutes. I really do hope you're doing well out there. I first typoed that. I hope you are doing well. This country allows prostitutes but not marijuana. It's all fondue, like the American Midwest in the late 70s. And then he signed off with his initial. It's strange, no? It is. But I see you. I hear you. I hope you're doing well too. And the next one. What actually is the difference between bedroom-only submissive and a bottom? I'm quite confused on this. Definitions in BDSM are the worst, <laughs> seriously. Because as soon as you try and define something, there'll be a million people who go, no, it's not. <laughs> I've never used it like that. Um, for me, then, I like to qualify my definitions. For me, the difference is that Submission is a very different, comes from a different place than bottoming. So whether it's in the bedroom only or only in certain circumstances, a submissive submits. So when they're in the bedroom, a submissive will go, I'm here for you, you're the dominant, I'm the submissive, go wild woman. <laughs> Whereas a bottom is more about certain getting certain sensations so the submissive is the ds part exists even if it's only in the bedroom the submissive gives up power gives up authority and the dominant runs the show they do the things that they want within whatever agreed they've negotiated together and it's still ds 
Whereas a bottom, a top-bottom um, exchange is not about giving over authority. A bottom can, in fact, run the show and it's still topping and bottoming. A bottom may be behaving as a submissive and there's a whole grey area there, but it's not necessary. So if I say to someone, I want you to spank me 36 times, I'm bottoming, but I'm not submitting. And if during that spanking I go, no, not like that, like this, again, I'm still bottoming, but I'm certainly not being submissive. So if you're submissive in the bedroom, you're still submissive. If you're bottoming in the bedroom, you're not necessarily submissive. That's the difference. And I think this is the last one. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what are the most common deal breakers and hard limits amongst submissive men and dominant women that you know of? What are yours and of your partners? I'm new to BDSM and stuff and still learning. And also, what should I know before going in a munch for the first time? And what can I expect from it, given I'm a shy... <laughs> Given I'm shy as fuck and living abroad, so I don't know how that's going to work. Kind of hoping submissive men from halfway around the world are in great demand. <laughs> Smiley face. Help a brother out, please. Look, I, I think the most common deal breakers are very extreme things. And a lot of them people don't even mention. Like, scat. I mean, I don't even know why people mention it as a hard limit on their profiles <laughs> because it's so rare that someone wants it. That Why bother? But everybody has their own limits. So I, don't, I, I get the impression that you're concerned about yours and don't be concerned about them. Your limits are what they are. And it, whatever they are, that's fine. You just have to find someone who agrees with you. So for some, it might be heavy impact. You know, and for others, that's no big deal. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I think the most common ones are things that are really extreme. I think needles is a pretty common deal breaker, but for some people, that's their bread and butter, right? So yeah. What should I know before going to a munch? Well, how did you find the munch? Here's my question for you. If you found it on FetLife, here's what you should do. Contact the organiser. Tell them you're new. Tell them you're from abroad. Tell them you're nervous and shy. And hopefully they will go, don't you worry, sweetheart. I will come and meet you at the door and I will introduce you to people. And you can ask them what to expect from their munch. Generally, a munch is just a bunch of people at, you know, a local cafe who are getting together to get to know each other a little bit. It's not kinky, it's not scary, any more than meeting, you know, people from a meet-up group. There may be some kink talk, but often there's not. Then there's probably going to be talk about, you know, things that happened at an event or an event that's coming up and who's going and that sort of thing, which can be useful. But it really is just people having a chit-chat. And you might find out that Jürgen, I don't know where you are, <laughs> that Jürgen likes to knit hats. And that Svelta, <laughs> I'm just making up names now, Svelta is, is an avid baker and she has a special recipe for cookies and you might be able to get that recipe and that would be awesome. So yeah, try not to be too scared but contact the organiser and often they will go out of their way to make new people feel comfortable. So I have a late entry. You just made it in. 
Um, difference. I kind of feel this one is personal, but, you know, it's hard to tell. If a guy has failed twice to deliver on his word to a lady, feels terrible about it, and really wants to make it up to her and show her that he's learned to DFB, and he's got in brackets, do better. I assume that's do fucking better. Not just in that area, but in all areas where he gives his word. Is there any way he can restore his credibility to her? Or is he pretty much doomed to be disbelieved by said woman every time he says he's going to do something for the rest of his or her natural life? A guilty subscriber whose new motto is DFB. P.S. I definitely did feel shy to ask you this one. Are you talking to me? Because it sounds like you might be talking to me. Did you disappoint me? Shame, shame, shame. Look, here's the deal. It depends on her. (laughs) That's not useful, is it? Personally, two times is two times too many. Like, what are you doing? I think there are a lot of people who are much more forgiving than me. For me, I just lose interest. I just think, well, you know, it shouldn't be such a big deal. Unless there's some huge reason why you didn't do the thing twice. I assume that the reason that you're feeling bad about it now is because there were consequences. And those consequences were that she told you to fuck off. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. But gee, it's funny because you know what? Most people who behave poorly, and I'm sure you're a nice person and I'm sure you're not, you know, deliberately horrible or terrible or anything like that. But the reason that, and I want to say men because this is what I see out in the world, but I'm sure it happens the other way around, but I'm going to stick with men. The reason men treat women poorly is because there are no consequences. They do the most terrible, like just awful inconsiderate, rude, shitty things and the women in their lives go that's okay honey because you said sorry and then they do it again and again and again and people have different tolerances for that behaviour so obviously this person forgave you once and then you did it again and she went nah (laughs) And I can totally relate to that. So all you can do is apologise. Don't make excuses. Just say you're sorry, you realised you fucked it up and wish her well. If you want to say that if she will give you another chance that you're going to do fucking better, then by all means do that and then leave her alone. Because, yeah, you've broken her trust. And for whatever reason, you did it twice. And I think you had enough chances then, didn't you? And this is the consequence. So I think doing fucking better in future is a really, really good idea. So you go ahead, live your life, and you do fucking better. Good luck with that. So that's the end of the podcast, and I appreciate you coming along. If you would like to ask me something, I would adore it. If you go to my blog, 
dom-chronicles.com, you will see the Ask Me option in the menu. Again, it is completely anonymous, so I will not know who you are. So you can just ask me whatever. So thank you for listening, and I shall speak to you next time.